2: Everyone. welcome back to the Hoopball Pelicans podcast, a Hoop-Ball.com presentation. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, L Y L E S W I T H E N B A N K, as in bank. At Hoopball Pels is the show. We're back, guys. Um, the losing streak continues. I've, uh, as always, uh, with the time difference, I try to dodge the scores when they get played live, so I get to watch it back when I finish work. Uh, just finished watching it. Maybe I should have taken a second to chill out after watching yet another winnable game be squandered. Uh, the Pelicans fall 108-100 to at home at the Smoothie King Centre, first game back from the end of a road trip, and fall to 1-11 and on the season after losing to an Oklahoma Thunder City team that... Um, isn't very good and did everything they could to let us win. And instead, we lose. Once again, uh, it's so frustrating every single time seeing this team give it up in the third quarter. Dig themselves a big hole because the offense stutters and all of a sudden the game turns to absolute water. You might as well throw it away then, give up at... A, at three-quarter time and, and, you know, pack up because you dig yourself in such a hole and then expect in five minutes to be able to dig yourself back out from 20 points down. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And so you lose by eight um, and we're going to unpack it all today. So settle in. So before we get into it, of course, we'll thank the sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL when you sign up, get a deposit match, uh, you know the drill. And also at manscaped.com, use the code HOOPBALL20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Tell them HOOPBALL sent you. Go and get yourself some products from over there. The Lawnmower 4.0 is still available. Go and get that. Um, apparently, it's very good. So,
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket
2: All right. Where to start? Where to start? There was a lot to unpack out of this game. Um, I mean, the middle quarters, essentially, was what what lost it. We got outscored 57-42 to in the middle two quarters. Um, You know, we, we were up in the first quarter. We started in a hole 10 points down, then started scoring, dragged ourselves back in, finished the quarter very well. And then you follow it up with a subpar stuttering offense, 19 points in the second quarter to their 28, and you just start digging yourself a hole. You follow up and score 23 in the next quarter. You just cannot score 29 points to them. And Shai SGA took over in the um in that last oh, what four minutes of the third quarter. He'd done nothing. We'd had him absolutely dead to rights, and he came into the third quarter with seven points and left with 17 and three. Now 17 and five. So, so frustrating. We get in a 21-point hole a couple of times during the night. They only shot 43% from the field and 29% from three. For us, 35% from the field and 25% from long range. What is going on? Honestly, and I understand, all right, and... We have to put an asterisk next to it all and we will all year and we'll sit there and we'll go, oh, we'll just wait for Zion and we'll just wait for Brandon Ingram to come back. By then, you might as well just leave him out and start again for next year because we're just dropping so many games. The Thunder did not deserve to win that game and neither did we, honestly. No one deserved to win it. It was was crap. And anything that could go wrong did go wrong. The 50-50s went wrong. The refs just decided to swallow their whistles, except Scott Foster, who is an absolute dickhead. I don't swear on here much, but he really is. Um, and throwing Josh Hart out of the game after a, a contentious foul that, you know, I don't think was the right call. I think, I think the call from uh, the baseline umpire was correct. And Scott Foster ruled over because he is a dickhead and he likes to make it about himself. And he has you ask Chris Paul about it. Um, he he loves it when it's about him. So unfortunately, he um, he made a bad call, and Josh Hart reacted, which was not the right thing to do, and you can't condone that. And he um, he got ejected with two techs in ten seconds. So well, not even that, about two seconds. I think Scott Foster was more than happy to throw his arm forward and throw Josh Hart out. We also had technical from Jackson Hayes, who got manhandled and got no fouls. Uh, we got uh, another one from Devontae Graham who's just sick of the treatment and got another uh, tech foul as well. So, I mean, you left four tech fouls there. That's four points that, you, you know, you're sitting there. Josh Hart would have scored more than four. So you'll probably win this game if you don't open your mouth, you know, regardless of the ref. And I think Antonio Daniels said it perfectly was, the refs won't adjust to you. You need to adjust to the refs, and that didn't happen. Uh, in the, actually, I'll change that. In the first half, it didn't happen, and we dragged ourselves to the second uh, to the half time and settled down a bit. But it was looking bad by the time um, Josh got thrown out. It was just uh, it was carnage, and I agree. The umpiring was bad. It was probably the worst I've seen all year from any of these Pels games, and disappointing when. You know, the Pelicans are at home. You know, there's not any All-Stars on either side. Maybe SGA is probably the closest thing to it. But the whistles just were not there uh, until right in the game. And, you know, they had 30 free throws. I haven't seen 30. We had 32. You know, I haven't seen that many whistles for such a long time. And all these offensive things and letting them play, that was out the window. Unless it was an obvious foul, then you just let it play. So there was even and it goes both ways because it was a play where Jackson went up and they gave him a block and he grabbed Basie across both wrists and it was like play on and you're sitting there going what is this carnage and how bad is your eyesight um oh, frustrating 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 So they shot 29% from 3 we shot 25% 9 of 35 to theirs 10 of 34 we kept launching them Regardless, I suppose you have to for spacing and all that sort of stuff. Doesn't work when you miss so many of them. Uh, we were beaten on the rebounding board, uh, on the rebounding battle, which is not great. Offensively, we were good. Hit the O glass a lot, but again, we hit it but didn't convert very often, um, which was which was disappointing. Turnovers, we only had nine for the whole game, and we caused eighteen off them. But we couldn't score off them. They only had seventeen points off turnovers. We only had eighteen. So instead of Utilizing or capitalizing off those 18 turnovers that we caused, which theoretically you should get at least two points of each one and blow a team out, you don't. You get less than one per turnover. I I don't understand. I just do not understand. And they're giving us 15,000 people. By the way, I'm just scrolling down this um down this scorecard, and they gave us 15,000 people in attendance, it did not look like that, um, happy for someone to, to tell me how many were actually there, because it looked about 2,000, if that, disappointing, disappointing, to say the least, and I don't know, maybe it should have called off before I recorded this, but alas, we're here, and we're going to push through. So let's go to the box score. Let's let's see the positives. Let's do that. Jonas Valanciunas, fantastic game. Thirty nine minutes, twenty five points, fifteen rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Nine of twenty shooting, and the ball was not rolling his way as well. So I mean, he he dominated the whole game. Um, There was a few of those tough rolly balls off the rim, which just usually go in, and and didn't this game. Uh, They then honed in on him and and made sure that he was not getting this one on one on the block that he loves. And, um, you know, they sort of cut him out in that second half. He, he did a lot of damage that first quarter. And all credit to the Thunder, they made adjustments and, and put Mike Muscala on him, which seemed to be his Achilles heel because this bloke could um could shoot threes. And and when you can stretch the floor and drag Jonas out of the paint, it makes it a lot harder for him to defend because there's a threat there. And then he's got to recover and, you know... Um, it was tough, but Jonas—all credit to him—had a great game. Devonte Graham, good game, eighteen points, two rebounds, four assists, seven of eighteen shooting. Uh, he was very good, kept the guys calm, and um, you know, he kept the offense ticking along. Garrett Temple just sort of had a Garrett game; didn't really do too much. Uh, Josh Hart, obviously, only played fourteen minutes, got kicked out. Uh, but Nikhil had his best game of of the year, and I, it really, it was the best quarter of his of the year for him. Um, he did nothing for three quarters of the game and then took over in the last quarter and, and dragged us towards uh, a respectable loss. He had 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block, 10 of 22, 4 of 10 from 3, 9 of 11. Free throw shooting and no turnovers. He was very good. And all credit to Nikhil. And you know where the points came? In the paint, where we've been telling him to get his eye in the whole time. Hit two threes that were catch and shoot. There was no step backs. There was no carry on like that. Anything he did like that, missed. But when he got to the ring, he loaded in. He was up there. and He got fouled. He had 11 free throw attempts. Do you know why? Because he was in the paint. And then he got fouled on a three-pointer because he started making them because he was getting confident. Attack the basket, Nikhil. They can't stop you. They cannot stop you. I know you get your bruises and you get a bit sore and you get beaten up. But you score 33 points. You want to be the guy, well, go and be the guy doing that. And do it for the whole game. You would have 50 if you had done it in every quarter. I'm happy for Nikhil. I really am. Because he needed a game like this. And I hope he can bring it into the remainder of the season and this gets him going. Um, A new plan against SGA is going to be a challenge for him. Every time he plays, he plays well against him. So, good on you, Nikhil, for that game. Better from the bench tonight. We had 17 points off the bench, uh, and the bench didn't play too much. Herb Jones played, or well, he returned after the sore ankle and concussion. He played 31 minutes, 4.6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block, 1 of 7 shooting. He struggled with his shot, but it's coming back. 3 turnovers. Probably his, uh, he's still a plus 8 on the night. You know, he, he didn't have a bad game, but um, yeah. Not from what uh, a bit less than what we expect from from Herb, but uh, he was all right. Saderanski played 18 minutes, and he might as well have just played with four on the on the uh, on the team because he was uh, he was crap. He is really bad. He has no offensive game whatsoever, and no desire to score. Ooh, he hoisted a couple of threes, which missed every time he gets to the paint. He looks to pass and kick out, even though there's half a second left on the shot clock. He jumps in the air um, and throws it to no one, and he needs to go. I think he needs to pull up a pew right alongside uh, the back row, assistant coaches, and fill water bottles up because I'm so sick of him getting a run and using up valuable minutes for literally anyone else. Like Naji Marshall didn't play tonight. Um, we've got a guy that's chomping at the bit to play, Alvarado. We sent him to the uh, to the squadron. He would have been better. Sadaransky has just got no idea, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Trey Murphy is shot, he hit one three, so that was good. And a big dunk off an uh, offensive rebound did well defensively. He was good, he played really well on defense, but his issue was is that his confidence in his shot has just evaporated. Kyra, 12 minutes, didn't really do much, dunked one, one of seven shooting. Minus 20 on the night, which you hate to see. Trey Murphy, minus 17. Temple, minus 19. Back to his old ways. Disappointing showing. Really was. Really was. The guy that stood out for me, and someone that if you listen to any of the podcasts I did about the draft, was Josh Giddey. Uh, Every time someone asked me what they reckon of him, I said he was good. And he was. He's a maestro with the ball. That was the first game I got to watch of him. Actually, the first Thunder game. And uh, he was... Really good. Seven points, twelve rebounds, nine assists, one steal, three of ten shooting. But the this bloke would have had about twenty five assists if his players could make layups because he put it down their throat directly under the basket so many times and they just blew layups. But this kid is going to be something special. I will tell you what, I will tell you what he is an absolute maestro with the ball. Uh, and at six eight, you know he's only I reckon he's going to get a bit taller because he's only eighteen or nineteen. Um, yeah, he's really really special. And uh, it's nice to see Australians do well. I'll take that. Um, yeah, good on him. Good on you, Josh. Uh, did well. Good game from Lou Dort. Uh, SGA had solid 24 points. But they went deep into their bench, and the bench did stuff. You know, uh, even Kendrick Williams. Uh, old Kenny Hustle that we knew from a few years ago. Uh, he played pretty well, and he only had four points and three rebounds, but he was doing a defensive job Uh, Flat out when he was on, and uh, he was quite good. He was solid. So, you know, funny what happens when players leave the Pelicans. Uh, Disappointing to say the least. Okay. Reflection time. Key takeaways. Number one, we got bench points, we got turnovers down. What went wrong? Offense. That's what went wrong. We had so many long possessions, so many times did the ball stick, so many times did we settle for long shots instead of getting into the paint, or we gave Jonas Valanciunas five seconds in the shot clock to make a play, that we just left the ball too many times, or we left an offensive possession with no points too many times. Too many times. We didn't get out and do uh, the easy possessions. We didn't get out and run in transition. We had 18 turnovers, caused 18 turnovers and didn't capitalise. Early offence is good offence if it's the right shot. Long 23, 24, well, well, say 20 plus seconds into the shot clock is too late to start your offence. It's too late. Get up the court and start your offense. What I love was seeing Devontae Graham have the ball rolled up in front of him, and then he starts the offense, crosses the timeline at 24 seconds. You obviously can't do that every time because someone's going to come and guard you. But it's smart. It's clock management, and it gives you a full shot clock to work.
3: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
2: We need to get that offense ticking. And uh, that's the problem with this team is it's never one thing. We address that. It's it's like Willie Green is there and he goes, all right, well, all right, we're going to get more bench scoring. So let's put the, the bench in a better position to score because we'll leave some starters in, we'll stagger their minutes. So we start doing that. And then something else pops up. Oh, we can't. We turn the ball over, so we'll address that. And then he stamps out another fire. And then he stamps out another fire. And he stamps out another fire. It's never one thing. I just don't know how he copes. And he doesn't just lose the plot. He stands there and he shakes his head a little bit, a little bit disappointed. Oh, well, that's that's what happens. Gosh, if that was me, I'd be going ballistic. If that was Stan Van Gundy. He would have been kicked out of the. <laughs> he would have been kicked out of the uh, the court every single game. We're lucky we've got such an um, even-tempered or even killed coach. You know, the, the bloke can take an absolute killing before he reacts. And all credit to him because I bet that's fantastic for these guys that are just all over the shop, especially when we had the big uh, confrontations with all the ejections and the like. would have been fantastic to have a guy like that to um, uh, to get the guys back on track. And it showed that he did. But gosh, he's... He's a patient man. He is a patient man, i tell you what. And um, that's why we like him. That's why I think he's a really good coach. And I think uh, the guys are letting him down at the moment. It's not... um, It is absolutely not Willie Green's fault. Of course, there's some issues. There is always going to be issues. But when your team's playing crap, what are you meant to do? You try to throw everything at it to see if you can get something to work. And unfortunately... One thing will, but then another thing won't. So, you do what you do. The final key takeaway is Nikhil's confidence has to grow from this. We need to him to carry this momentum into the next couple of games. We've got a big game against the Nets coming up. And we need him to know that attacking the basket is his superpower. His arms are so long, no one's getting anywhere near it. He doesn't mind the contact, or he probably does, but he, he, he dealt with it well. It's great from Nikhil. Do that, and then when you're getting your shot on, and you're getting that little spring in your step, then hit a couple of threes, catch and shoot, and then start playing with them. Start mucking around, you know. Break them down. Give them that swagger. Don't do it when you're zero of seven. Do it when you got thirteen straight points, and you're saying, "Guard me, then stop me," and they can't. You know. The Nikhil I like is the Nikhil that attacks. Attacks the basket, plays with pace, uses his ability to read the defense and make a pass. It was a perfect one where he drove in and dumped it and just waited that second, took the contact, drew the two, passed it straight into Jonas Valanciunas and he he dunked it in. Easy. Laughing. You know, do that. Back yourself in Nikhil because that's what I love when he plays like that with aggression. Keep that going. And I think, uh, I think that is enough harping on about that. Um, the squadron, they will be playing this weekend. So I hope you're all ready to watch them as well before we wrap up. Obviously, uh, obviously. we had uh, Didi Lazada and Jose Alvarado have been assigned down to the G League. They'll um, get to play a bit, get some reps in, get... Uh, Bit of practice, actually playing, so that'll be good for the team. Another bolster. We play uh, Friday night, uh, seven thirty PM Central Time in Birmingham, uh, and I don't know against Texas, Texas Legends. So we play back to back against them, uh, and then it won't be for a little while until we actually play at home. But tune into the squadron because they're all right. They're playing some good basketball. At least they win. it's good. Now, I did say I was going to wrap up, but I just read an article. While we're recording this, Jake Fisher has, uh, on Bleacher Report has has released an article. It's called, After Ugly Exchange with Ex-Coach, Pell's Exec, David Griffin's Job is on the Brink. Now, this article has come out uh, in the wake of the loss to the Kings over in Sacramento. Apparently, after the game... David Griffin approached Alvin Gentry, obviously the coach he sacked, and um, in part of uh, Christian Clark's article for Nola.com, he talked about uh, Alvin Gentry was given the answers to the test and could, still couldn't pass. And that's obviously a pretty rude thing to say, uh, to say the least. And you've also sacked this guy after, um, you know, giving him a chance, in quotation marks. What disappoints me about this is that it then gets into a fire exchange, and instead of Griffin just walking away, he decides to defend his honour as he always does. Um, talks about, well, denies basically that he played the piano for uh, for Zion. Okay, who cares whether or not you did? But again, has to be a spin doctor, has to keep it going. And you know, he says um, even though Alvin Gentry didn't want to talk to him. Griffin has to push because he has to be able to... um, He has to have the last say. He has to be right. He has to be loved. And all this sort of carry-on that you see, he has this um, bravado about him which is just unwavering. And it is frustrating. Um, I just... I don't know. I don't know how... um, How this bloke keeps his job, honestly. I, I think if you're getting this much controversy about you... In a team that's going 1-11, someone's head's got to roll, and it can't be Willie Green's, because it's not his fault. He's been dealt a dud hand, and I think it's got to look at the top. you got to start at the top, and you say, well, why are we getting people telling the beat writers that um, he's playing the piano, and he, he treats it like a... a um, uh, like a, a dictatorship, like he's this this great czar running the uh, running the Pelicans organisations. Well, this is not a good workplace to be in. We're seeing all of these um, GMs and owners and the like getting in strife for carrying on like this, while I will not paint David Griffin in a brush with some of those guys that are getting investigated at the moment. It's another show of this power struggle. Um, and I think David Griffin just needs to settle down a little bit. Take a step. Chill out. And reflect on what's going on in this organization. Take stock. Instead of spinning this and that and trying to be everyone's mate, be a boss and lead. That's what this team lacks is leadership. And it starts at the top. So I don't want to see articles like this when the guy that's meant to be running your team where everyone's emotionally and financially invested in this team by way of fan, by way of ticket, by way of merchandise. We shouldn't be reading this. We don't want to read this as fans. Get your house in order and do it quickly because it's going to be his job on the line. It's also going to be the season on the line and then we're going to lose these good players that don't want to be here because it's an absolute dumpster fire because the media keeps absolutely trashing us. And they don't make this stuff up. This stuff doesn't come from nothing. I'm I'm waiting to see what the spin is that comes out of this. Honestly, I am. Anyway, that's enough of my rant. Hopefully we can um, bounce back against the uh, Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant, which... Uh, Hopefully, he decides to have a rest. Sometimes he does that. He might have a week. He might have a night off. That would be pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. I'm going to pack up there. that will That is enough. I've carried on enough. All right, as always, I am Lyle Swithenbank. This is the Hoopball Pelicans podcast, a hoop-ball.com presentation. Thank you for listening. Um, And apologies for the rant that you got for the last 25 minutes, but uh, that's how I was feeling. So I hope you guys have been feeling the same and I'm not just carrying on for no reason. But you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter. And uh, if you want to rate and review the podcast, go and do that on your listening device, whether that be Apple... Google, Amazon, Stitcher, I think we're on all of that sort of stuff. Audible, I saw it pop up on. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, that'd be great if you could support the, the, the pod. All right. Bye for now.
1: This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.